You folks out there, when you're experiencing stress in your business, what we call hellness, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. That there are other folks who have similar crazy psycho stories to share. Simple Sense for Small Business. Today's Simple Sense is about the pros and cons of accountability. Trevor, let's talk about accountability. Do you think it's scary or do you think it's empowering? Accountability is empowering and there are no cons. It's all pros. I think the word itself, accountability, could put people off guard a little bit because then it's like, oh, I have to do stuff by a certain time, a you deadline. Mean like running a business. Well, running a business, being an owner of a business is its own innate built in accountability of having to respond to clients. Be accountable to yourself, accountable to your business, accountable to your employees, accountable to your customers, accountable to your suppliers, but you got to be accountable to your concept. Oh, that's true. I like that a lot. I think it's a matter of the dedication to the business and having a established a certain model or certain efficiencies to execute for delivering your product or services to the to the client. I like what you said about people might take it to mean a lot of work. It doesn't have to be a lot of work. That's the problem, I think, with a lot of the mundane, boring aspects of running a business. It's like, oh, God, I got to do that report. I got to prepare these questions to hire a new employee. But when it comes down to it, it's really actually so much simpler than you're giving it credit for. And just get it done and get it over with. Cleaning the toilets. I mean, are you accountable to clean your bathroom? We already did a podcast about that. The reason why I think people find it's difficult is because they aren't thinking of solutions to take care of the things, the more mundane things, or the things they're not really good at, the things they know they're not good at, and maybe they don't have resources to delegate. Because if you don't know how to hire and recruit or recruit and hire someone, then you seek an HR professional to help you with at least a semblance of order. Well, when you say seek, that goes towards accountability, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you know you have to hire. So when you're seeking a solution for any given problem, whether it's something you're going to do yourself, something you're going to delegate to an employee, something you're going to delegate to an outside vendor or professional, it's a matter of, okay, I'm responsible for, accountable to this task, ultimately mm -hmm. to my business, and so I've got to do this. But again, I think people procrastinate it, defer, demur, because you said it right out of the gate. It sounds like, oh, it's this big thing. Here, you said solutions. So here, here's what I think you want to focus on is what are the results from you being accountable? Well, that's part of the accountability is looking ahead, forecasting, envisioning a solution, envisioning an outcome of how you want this problem to be solved and how you want the highest of whatever it is you're expecting to happen for your business for the best for the business. Even if the highest thing you're expecting is not really high on the list of priorities like cleaning the bathroom or creating a hiring practice. But it should be done. Or making sure that your LLC documentation is in order or drafting email templates. You know, you and I love templates. We love templates. Library of templates. There are times when I have to create templates and I'm like, oh, but then I do them and they're over and done with. It's so easy. And then when <sighs> I've got new client interactions, I just jump into a template, copy it, paste it, boom, it's gone. That's, I think, goes back to what you said earlier. 
earlier, you know, you have to take on that task, be accountable to it, getting it done and the result that's going to happen. Well, admittedly, I will say I am an accountability junkie. Since the beginning of my owning a business career, I've either been in a, a group setting where it's an accountability type forum, or I've had one-on-one weekly calls with somebody who has a similar mindset as me, has similar goals as me, is as ambitious as I am. We kind of set up, all right, what are our challenges? What are the successes we look for? And then task each other on, you know, what we're doing the following week to accomplish. The thing I know about you is you like to look at the data, the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. And what are the numbers telling you about what you're doing and the results of your actions or lack of results? The data itself is its own accountability. Call it data, call it metrics, call it uh, analytics. But I think ignoring the analytics metrics data, you're depriving yourself of the potential successes of knowing what works and what doesn't work. You know, I love that. Right. What works does. So when I was a sales manager, a director of business development at a mortgage company, speaking of numbers and speaking of what works and doesn't work, I would tell my loan officers, listen, get out there on the road, make your sales calls. Their thing every day was to make sales calls on real estate offices and attorneys and accountants in person, cold calls and or appointments, but mostly cold calls. And it's daunting to have to go out there every day all by yourself and go and try and Mm -hmm. make connections with complete strangers and have people holding up their hands saying, no, get out. No, you can't come into the office and no, the broker's not here. But what I would tell them that I knew was a result and was something they could measure. I said, go out there, have five conversations. When you've had five conversations, mm-hmm. your day's over. Well, that's and an accountability method. That's an accountability. And I know it works. And when I would tell them, when I say conversation, I'm not talking about how about them Yankees. I'm talking about. Well, that's rapport building. To- that's rapport building, which is totally acceptable and encouraged. Well, that that's what I was telling them to do, essentially, was rapport building. You can be accountable to that. You can look at that as something you can measure. There's a metric there and you can understand a result of it that literally if you leave the office at 1030 in the morning and by 1230, if you've had your five real conversations, go to the beach for the rest of the day. Not that I would ever let one of my loan officers go to the beach for the rest of the day, but I was their boss after all. But activity. But you could know. And if it took you until eight o'clock at night, then you, you hung in there until you had those conversations. Well, activity begets activity. And activity is its own accountability as well. The more positive activity that you have, the better likely you are to feel accountable to yourself if you elect to not have an accountability partner. And I think we're trying to institute a new segment, which is health and wellness. No, wealth wealth and hellness, I stand corrected. Wealth and hellness. I want to share a horror story that we know from a business owner, maybe a client or somebody we've spoken to on the phone. We want to share a horror story to understand that you folks out there, when you're experiencing stress in your business, what we call hellness, you're not alone, Mm -hmm. that there are other folks who have have similar crazy psycho stories to share and that ultimately if we can talk you off the ledge a little bit it'll lead to wealth i think uh, in general i'll say this on the health the wealth and hellness <laughs> i have to practice saying that in general if you don't institute an accountability type task for yourself what i have seen other business owners talk about or complain about is not getting something done and they just talk about doing something versus well, the 
doing something. It's a specific story. So here's a specific story. This is a restaurant group um, that owns eight restaurants in the middle of the pandemic. So eight restaurants, eight different locations. In the middle of the pandemic, two of the landlords for two of the locations made decisions about the property that affected these business owners. And at first, they were very stressed out about it. And they conferenced with me and we had a long talk about it. So here's what happened with landlord number one decided to double the rent in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. It's a restaurant. That's crazy. That's like a double. That's like you might as well quadruple the rent. The second landlord, landlord number two, decided to sell the building. And the new owner was going to tear the building down to the ground. Wow. And rebuild it, do something completely different. So this group- That's this, a hellness if ever there was that's one. That's a hellness. In the middle of the pandemic, as they're trying to keep their restaurant businesses viable and deal with the additional expenses of the uh, the Grubhubs and the Uber Eats that are affecting their bottom line profitability. And I guess the second situation- kind of helped them to arrive at a decision. And that was, all right, screw both of you. They told the first landlord, you can take your double rent. Mm -hmm. And they basically closed the restaurant and reopened it as a different concept inside of one of their other restaurants because it was some kind of culinary concept for that place. So they just folded into one of their other locations. And they kind of did the same thing with the building uh, was going to be knocked down. They they found another location and they got a much better deal on the rent because it was the middle of the pandemic. And there was another landlord who said, please rent my empty space. Right. However, their accountability system is, you know, maybe they have a board of directors or maybe they have a team and multiple owners. Really? They have all that. And still, they were consulting with us about something completely different. And this came up in the conversation conference call I was having with the CEO and the chief financial officer, I brought in some calming influence because even with their board of directors, they were still stressed out. So we'll end this with our pleasure and profit segment. Pivoting, as another P word, is even more essential to be accountable to your business if you have to pivot to be more profitable with a different offering, perhaps. If something's languishing in your business, how can you look at that to turn it around or or pivot for your business to stay active to stay profitable and to stay excited so that's that's how i'm going to end it we want to task our listeners to determine how do you stay accountable to yourself what does that look like for you and for your business oh, that's good. That's right good. that's good exercise for you to do at home or in your home office or in your office or in your storefront or in your garage or your warehouse just spend a few minutes understanding right. what that is because the result of that in the long term is going to mm-hmm. be more profit and more pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on our Simple Sense for Small Business. I'm Linda Ray. I'm Trevor. She's Linda Ray, and I'm not. <laughs> Have a great day. See you next time.